0: welcome to here's to almost it's your host rachel lithgow every week we'll dive into stories of almost from athletes to entrepreneurs to everything in between sometimes life doesn't go as planned i'm here to tell you that not all dreams come true that doesn't have to be a bad thing though tune in every wednesday to hear inspiring stories of almost and how our almost can take us some pretty amazing places This week's guest found an enjoyment for sport and movement at a young age. He decided he wanted to make his passion for movement into a career and worked to become a personal fitness trainer. Owner of Simple Fitness Autism, Gary finds joy in helping others and training diverse groups of people. After all, movement should be for everyone, not just the elite athletes. Hi, Gary. How are you doing today?
1: Pretty good, Rachel. How are you doing?
0: Good. Thanks. All right. So can we just start kind of from the beginning? Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, were you an active kid growing up? Um, How would you get into powerlifting?
1: Uh, so growing up, I was a military brat. So we traveled the world a little bit and um, I didn't start getting active until we lived in Australia. So while we were there, I played soccer a little bit. I played a uh, t-ball a little bit of softball, then we moved back to Colorado in the States, and then I played, uh, I did baseball um, for one year, football through the boys club, and then, um, let's see, then I started to do sports in high school, so I did uh, cross-country running, uh, wrestling, and then later, the football team, for some reason, they wanted to know, hey man, would you like to be on our, our team and do a powerlifting meet with us? (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's that's how I got the invite for powerlifting. Apparently, the football guys thought that I could uh, do pretty good and be on their team with them, so, yeah. Um, basically, you know, when I came back to the States, like, I didn't, when I went to high school, and there was cross country, I didn't know what that was. It was just, I was in eighth grade. My teacher from that school was like, hey, I'm I'm, I'm the coach for cross country. Would you like to try out? So I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, so I went to the um first day of practice and we ran like three laps around the school. It was like the hardest thing I ever did, but <laughs> I stood with it and uh so i I did it all four years. It was kind of like a uh mcFarland McFarland movie experience where a little similar where we were not a cross country running school, so we were all different shapes and sizes and colors. I gotcha. mean so it was like a traditional running school. In mm-hmm. the first year, we had no uniforms. We had to borrow the track team's uniforms. But we stood with it. And each year, we got a little better. And then our senior year, you know, we actually did. We made school history. And we went to, uh, we placed in regionals for the first time. And then we also went to state. So it was a pretty cool experience there. Um, wrestling, same deal. We were not a wrestling program at my So <laughs> it was like the Bad News Bears. people. People on our own team would bet against us. Uh, mm-hmm. more more people in the bleachers for the visitors than it was for the home team. Same deal. Um, started out, I thought it was what you saw on TV, like WWF, WWE. <laughs> I learned fast. It was not. But long story short with that, I stood with it and started out taking my lumps, you know, looking up at the lights a lot. But then I got better, and then I did a uh, uh, place in regionals. And same deal, I did actually qualify by myself um, to go to state. So it was good. Good learning experiences, being active in sports, I think, you know, it teaches you a lot. Like it taught me, like, confidence, how to, you know, not give up. For sure. And, uh, that there's obstacles. So you have to, you got to find ways to, you know, to get around them. Yeah. So
0: what was kind of that draw for sport? It sounds like you kind of got an invite here, an invite there. You kind of just got roped into it. Why did you find yourself enjoying it or what did you enjoy about it?
1: I think because I'm introverted, Mr. Introvert, And, uh, you know, I didn't know back then what I've learned now, Where I kind of shared a little bit of my story with you uh, um, through an email, is that I'm neurodiverse. So um, I always kept to myself, you know, pretty quiet. And what I did when we moved back from Australia was I saw my first movies in the 80s, and it was Rocky three, So I saw Stallone. He was in good shape. It kind of inspired me to want to be in shape. So it, it, it made me feel good to kind of helped me level out a little bit the lack of experience i had in sports so i really got fascinated with exercise and that transitioned to me wanting to play sports and you know back in those days um i had a uh a sand weight set i had a a, a joe weeder bench and um i i started out self-taught as far as learning exercises i would read the uh muscle and fitness magazine and flex magazines were like the the big ones back then
2: mm-hmm. so i just
1: kind of like learned in the half we had a half garage our first house when we moved back to america and i just put all these pictures on the wall that tore out of the magazines and just uh focus and studied them and i started to exercise like that got the got the bar stuck on my chest a lot finding <laughs> ways how to get it off my chest when there's no spotter trying to bench press and all that kind of stuff made a lot of mistakes but uh it inspired me to keep going so I think that it made me keep going. I, you know, you, you see like the mere results because back then I was a teenager. Sure. So I was about the mere results. And then now, you know, it's a different story today. But it just inspired me with exercise to want to go, I would say to the next level and play sports and see how I would do there. So it, it's different where like, um, you know, I almost didn't pass high school because I flunked English twice. So long story short is, I didn't want to get up in front of class and talk, do presentations, because I was mm. introverted. Mm-hmm. I even used to talk with my mouth turned to one side when I was in school. I was so shy to talk. Um, but when I play sports, the crowds didn't bother me because my brain and body are getting this input, this, this pressure, this sensation that makes them feel good, those endorphins, that I feel good in that moment. So therefore, I don't see the people, you know? I'm just doing the activity, and uh, activities for myself, it helps me, like, self-regulate, like, to focus, calm, to be calm, and to relax in my moment, like, throughout the day.
0: Mm -hmm. That's interesting you say that. I experienced something kind of similar um, through my sport sport journey. I just, I was never um, a super big crowd person or never wanted to talk in front of the class, things like that Um, was, like, the worst thing for me is public speaking, but it is different in sport. I don't know. People would talk about like the crowds that you would get and this and that. And I played soccer and women's soccer is not huge, It's uh, still growing for sure. So it's not like we always got a ton of huge crowds, but kind of like you're saying, the crowds never seem to bother me, which is just interesting that I think part of it is the game is a distraction for you. You almost are so in it that you don't even notice people are around, but I experienced something similar.
1: Yeah, it kind of keeps you, again, it keeps you focused on what you're doing. You're doing something that you like, first of all. Something that you enjoy. So it's kind of like listening to a favorite song. We know the words, we know how it starts, we know how it ends. It leaves us feeling good. So we want to, you know, listen to that song again. So Mm -hmm. that for me, it's the same thing with doing a sport, doing an exercise, doing an activity. I know the result that I'm going to get. So I enjoy doing it. So it's just like, it's as simple as that, doing simple things like that, that can transition throughout your whole day just to give yourself the best day possible.
0: For sure, yeah. Can we jump a little bit to the powerlifting? So in high schools, when you started, the football team invited you, like, hey, you should do this with us. Um, kind of take us through that. It was your first experience with that? I'd imagine to that extent.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I was like in awe because our football team was was a powerhouse back then. We even had a couple of people in the NFL uh, from that. They were undefeated my senior year. So to have the football coach talk to me, like, I was like, wow. And uh so we would go train across the street from the high school at uh I believe it was called Bally's Fitness back then and we would go upstairs and we would practice our our lifts which were bench press uh deadlift and squat. So I just noticed that um I did it a couple years for them. Um so I noticed I kept I kept getting stronger each year because I I stood with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um so it it made me feel good. So in the off season I would I would still practice my my lips and stuff. It did affect me a little bit in sports because my my teammates and coaches like, dang, he's getting pretty pretty muscular. Mm-hmm. His time is not his time's not improving as good as ah. Oh, sorry, I worked out too much, but <laughs> um. So I would train like I had to earn my membership at the YMCA. So I I made that uh, progress from my garage to the YMCA. So I would train by myself also. And back then, I was following a uh, cybergenics phase one uh, exercise program. I didn't have any of the supplements or all that. All I had was just the passion to exercise because I liked what it did for me. So I was practicing all those lifts. And um, so I placed two times in uh, Denver. And I didn't know anything about that sport either. So we went Mm -hmm. to Denver. You know, Denver's bigger than where I was at, Colorado Springs that all these guys had, like, again, some experience and all that, and they're all wearing For these sure. compression shirts and mm-hmm. wraps and all that stuff. And, I, you know, I learned that it, it can give you a little extra uh, – you can do a little bit more weights, like bench press, when you're wearing these shirts and these wraps help you out um, when you're doing heavy lifting. So I just went in there kind of raw. And, um, but I was able to place, like I said, uh, both times – but I think what I didn't do was I knew I could I could do more weight. But if you were to, like, scratch, like, not hit a weight that you put up there,
2: mm-hmm. then you
1: can, you know, you can be, I want to say you're disqualified or you're out of the contest. Okay. So I had that fear right there. So that was my limiting belief in myself at that time, that I didn't have the full confidence during that time. It didn't happen until after I got injured. So my lifts were okay, but I know I could have went higher. I just needed to take the risk. You now, mm-hmm. as they say, you gotta take risk in life to see where you see where that takes you in life. So I missed that ticket on those powerlifting meets. So the lesson was I was training again and I graduated high school and I was going to do one at the uh the army uh they call it. They don't call it like a base, they call it like a fort. So I was gonna do it. competition there um so i was i continued my training and i was getting much stronger i was like i can do these lifts i'm gonna do it this time Mm -hmm. and uh so what happened was i was training at the y really hard i had friends that would help me out with spotting and um this one day when the accident happened the injury was we're at the ymca i I remember my numbers like Harry yesterday so i was in the 114 way class my bench was 205. Uh my deadlift was 380. And I got injured doing a squat. So, you know, the bars on my back. I have one spotter on each side of me, one mm-hmm. spotter behind me. And I kind of rehearsed them on how far I need to go down and to show uh to show that I can control the weight. And then I go up. So as I was going down, I had three twenty-five on my back doing a squat. And accidentally one of my spotters let go of my hip because I had them like kind of holding me for a few seconds to get used to the new weight Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: I got caught off guard so when he did let go uh myself and the bar went like this Mm -hmm. and I had to push the bar I had to like lean down with leverage so the bar would go over my head onto the squat rack where it hit those the racks Mm -hmm. so when that happened my my left side kind of went snap crackle pop so, so it was my, my left side, my SI joint that got injured. So therefore, my low back hurt and that whole side of my body hurt, my hamstrings. You know, so those muscles got really tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were injured. They were weak. They, they were, I would just get fatigued really easy. So it happened right there. But I did look at the results of that um uh, meet at that military installation. And I would have won <laughs> my weight class, but that's okay. I did learn that I could do heavy weights because I would have I won kind of like decisively because I really went up in my weights. Um, Based
0: off what you had been lifting previously.
1: Mm-hmm, previously. So that's what happened with that one.
0: Wow. So at that point, I mean, you have this injury um, lifting injuries are such a pain because you think it's gone and then you lift and you're like, ah, oh, it's there. I feel it. So at this point, like, did you ever get an official diagnosis from a doctor? Or are you just trying to like rest and kind of like keep going and see if it gets better? What's your kind of game
2: plan here?
1: The, the only thing I knew back then was like massage and chiropractor. So I did go to the chiropractor. They did tell okay. me the SI joint with the x-rays and all that. Yeah, your left side. SI joint is look at that picture it's all it's all out of whack it's it's messed up so that's why Mm -hmm. you have low back pain you know my 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 booty's sore it's tight it's weak it gets fatigued and my legs were very tight but Mm -hmm. it was also part of it was I'm gonna I wanna I wanna um put myself at fault too a little bit because sometimes injuries happen before they happen like from something else that
2: can Mm -hmm. lead
1: up to something um, no, I know my spotter did let go, but I did have a lot of tightness in my, my body parts regardless, because back then I wasn't a fan of stretching. So I didn't, you know, oh, do warm up or anything. It's like <laughs> stretching, what the heck is that? Um, that's, that's no good. But I was like, think about it. When I played sports, I would pull a muscle sometimes as a runner. Um, also as a wrestler, cause it's such a, uh, aggressive sport. And, uh, with my lifts, I would know that, you know, if my ankles don't have the best mobility, I may not have very good form and I, be, I may be setting myself up for an injury down the road, you know, if mm-hmm. I don't stretch my entire body, keep that mobility going. So, you know, I learned and today for about the past, I'm going to say about five years, it could be a little more, I stretch about two to three times a day now. It's like a lesson learned, you know, mm-hmm. as I was younger, and now I know how important it is—not just for exercise, but just for your life um, that you live. That I need to make sure I can move pretty good. So, and plus, I'm a, you know, a parent. So, uh, stretching was a big thing that came out of that. Besides the chiropractor diagnosing that, I also learned that I had like a separated shoulder that I didn't know about. So that would explain on my bench press why I was always like a little mm-hmm. bit off. Or when I shoot pull, I have to shoot a little bit at an angle to shoot straight. Um so I had a separated shoulder to go with that. Just don't know when that happened. Mm-hmm. So for years I would get some massage. Um I went in a dark spell where I just didn't lift weights for a while. I was just depressed from not being able to fully commit to exercise because of the injuries. So when I decided to um Stand up for myself or advocate for myself to see what's going on with my body. I I did pretty much everything under the sun: acupuncture, different types of massage, acupressure, Thai massage. Um, I I had something down here because the Olympic training center is down here. So, this one guy over here that was friends with one of my instructors where I went to be a personal fitness trainer, uh, he would he would help a lot of the Olympic athletes the professional athletes in Denver avoid surgery by doing this uh, arc wave therapy. So basically like, you know, the little, the little yellow stem pads, white pads, white ones that they may put on your shoulders to release tension. Like if you go to a chiropractor somewhere, Mm -hmm. well, these pads were big. I'm going to say like a baseball, baseball or a little bigger size. And basically he said, where's your pain at? I said, my low back. He's like, Let's find out where the real pain is. So he would, you know, scan my body. He had the machine on that where he would crank it at certain certain levels um depending on where you start at. And um he was like, "Oh, your weak spot is actually your ankles are not firing." So my ankles were not firing properly, which explains going up the chain of the rest of my body parts on my leg to my hips that it's That's why they're weak and all sorts of things. So I had to eat to do this intense therapy sessions with them, I think about almost 3000 calories. And because you sweat within five to 10 minutes through your clothes,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, it was so intense. And he would, the better you get to tolerate the, the, the pressure, the more he would crank it up. So I reached the highest crank. So we started out right above my ankles where they were not firing, and then we just worked up the other parts that were also not firing until everything was firing and better. So he would give me homework where I would, um, since I was at that time, that was like 2011, 2012, I was in personal uh, fitness training school, and I I was just starting out in jujitsu. So I wanted to return again in sports, even though I was like 50% Mm -hmm. with my body. So they say, here's your homework. Um, I want you to do like 500 takedowns like a wrestler Mm -hmm. until your pain level goes down to a one or nothing. So I had to do each side, which was a thousand total until I could feel the pain level go down. So we got the pain down. It lasted. It lasted for a while
2: Mm -hmm. that
1: I felt better and was not in pain, but then the pain came back. So I had to try out some other things. And to this day, it's just basically like the stretching has helped me a lot. All these mobility type of corrective exercises, uh, being committed to it. I just do it like like I wake out of bed. It's just something I I have to do. I know what it does mm-hmm. for me. And uh, eating better, eating better to help me heal inside from from different things, injuries, and just taking care of my overall health. So that's another big one is my nutrition, and uh, let's see. I use other little tools. Like I still do get some massages today. I just I try to find a good person who's real real good with the anatomy to work on those parts and not afraid to give me the pressure or whatever I need in those areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one time I was a massage therapist too, so I learned some okay. trigger point works So I, mm-hmm. I put a tennis ball in a sock, a long sock, so I got the leverage of the length of the sock and then the traction of the sock. So I do a lot of stuff on the wall from head to toe on my body to hit trigger points that are like tight. Mm
2: -hmm. And then
1: some of it I do on the ground and of course, a little bit of foam rolling. So I just really, really get after it Mm -hmm. to take care of my body now. And I'm going to say right now I'm, I'm actually at my healthiest as far as the way I move and also with the nutrition um, aspect too. That's
0: great. So with being your healthiest, have you been able to go back to lifting or kind of what does your daily activity look like that feels good to you today?
1: Um, I'm lifting a little bit more with my sons. My son is 13 and he's into now he's into exercise by himself wanting to. So now we work out a little bit, but I actually had an emergency surgery back in September 1st of this year. So I can't go. I had to gradually take my time as far as, uh, for sure. Increasing my weight. But it's just about I enjoy lifting. They're like I don't have, you know, the pains. My mobility mm-hmm. is better. It's it's more uh joyful. For sure. Do it. So basically like we exercise and I'm actually a big hiker now because I live I moved in April to this uh tourist town in Colorado that rep we're five we're I'm sorry, we're a ten minute walk to the mountain trail. Oh, so that's awesome. Hike galore. And mm-hmm. um we have an extreme hike here in Manitou Springs. It's called the Manitou Incline. So it's two thousand seven hundred and forty-four steps and you start at seven thousand feet elevation and you get almost to nine thousand feet in less than a mile. So I do that hike uh you know, so many times a year and just lifting weights and eating really good and um doing those stretches. It it it's kinda like my new my new exercise is exercise at the gym and, and also hiking, but also being a parent. So like all the components, components combined is, I just want to be around as long as I can for my family. And also I, I, um, I don't want to, um, sit on the sidelines. I want to, you know, participate and be included in, uh, things I do with my family so they can see that dad, you know, they. Dad's actions speak for himself. You know, he was there for us, and a lot of it is mm-hmm. because he cared about his health. So he did all these things yeah. so he can spend time with us. So I'm kind of a little multitasker guy.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. It sounds like you found a few different things that work for you in your current stage of life now, and it's still a way for you to stay active. It might not look necessarily what it looked like back in the day, but it's something that still makes you happy, you enjoy it, and it allows you to experience things with your kids too, which is great. Um, you had talked a little bit about. When you are experiencing, um, you're back in school for being a personal trainer, correct? Mm -hmm. So what made that decision? Is that something that you had already thought about? Maybe I want to do this. Was that, how did that um, thought process for a career come about?
1: Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't think I had what it took back then to do it. Like, you know, sometimes you're driving, you see like a school that, that is personal fitness training or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it just, it just, Got me one day where I drove by that sign, one of those signs, and I said, "You know what? I want to I want to give back. Like I want to give back because I don't want people to make a lot of mistakes that I made, like back in the day in the garage, or mm-hmm. what I did or didn't do before or after playing the sport, or before or after a workout, some important things to do, and and having the correct form and a exercise program that's like tailored to you." so you can work on, you know, your goals for your, your body. So I was like, I want to get back. So I, I went to the school and, uh, so I was fascinated to learn about the anatomy and stuff, um, in a proper way to do all the, the, um, the foundation exercises like deadlift, squat, you no know, bench press, all those, all those basic ones that we need to learn first before we do all the, cool stuff like kettlebells and T R X and all that kind of stuff. So um yeah, I did the program and uh, you know, I did graduate. It was and they actually said that this certification is like one, two, or kinda of went back and forth like it's the hardest certification out there, but I was I was happy that I passed the certification. I didn't get it the first time, I was a a few points off yeah. because they said it was so hard, so I overdid my studying. I studied the night before which I should have took a day off so it was like a mm-hmm. lesson learned. And then the day of the test, I went back and uh, changed some of my answers which I should have just left them. Uh, so I was like Dude, you. <laughs> you probably did it to yourself with a combination mm-hmm. of things. So one thing I like to do now is call myself out whenever I have a hiccup and Oh, I did this uh lesson learned because I do it with my kids too so they can come to me when they need help and uh it's open communication so we resolve problems that way. So it was a lesson learned. And uh, so I did pass the second time. I I learned I did not study the night before. I (laughs) did not change no answers. So I passed. And then I took my externship or whatever you call that. I did at the YMCA, which is hello. That's where I started working out at. Mm -hmm. And they said, here's our group fitness um, schedule. Take whatever you want to get your hours in. So I got them all done. And I learned that, remember what we were talking about, I'm into sports and everything, right? So the majority of people that go to the school, a lot of them, we want to train athletes. Mm -hmm. But when I took all these group classes, I fell in love with silver sneakers, which is the one that's mainly geared when you're like 55 or so, when you Mm -hmm. can get that silver sneaker card and you can go to gyms and you can take the classes and it's like free to you. I just liked how they came into the class. I never been there. So here's another thing where I just, I'm raw. And Mm -hmm. these people are coming in there happy, smiling. They're all friends. People are coming in with their oxygen tanks. People are walking in with their canes. And sometimes there's people that are uh, younger that are coming in from injuries. So like Mm post-rehab. And then the teacher is all inspired because you you can just see how passionate they are to help people. For sure. So I got to learn another way to exercise which helped me out with my injuries, so it's like I can exercise regardless because I just learned how to exercise sitting in a chair with like a sponge ball, resistance band, very light weights, and uh, all the other things that we use. So it inspired me so much that um, I got several different type of certifications throughout the years, but the one I liked the most was I went to Silver Sneakers and I took a lot of their workshops. So mm-hmm. I learned how to modify exercises for people, so I went from wanting to train athletes to training people who needed extra help so at first, I started out with with um just older people who want to get back into exercise
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: just uh being on a journey with my daughter who's autistic and learning about myself with my traits this year also uh being neurodiverse i uh, switched to working with autistic people and uh so all those modifications from silver sneakers it helps me with um with my new population of clients because um a lot of times like my daughter like we have low muscle tone which means that it it was really hard in our early years to tie our shoe um mm-hmm. to hold a spoon to hold a toothbrush to cross our hands across our body because we just at that time didn't have the, uh, the coordination or the fine motor skills. So we learned how to use like rubber bands and all types of things. Um, that's another story I learned about occupational therapy type of exercises. I just bring it all into this world. And with, with my clients, wherever they're coming in from, it doesn't matter because we could work, we can work um, through things, we could work around things. One of my clients, um, still have him today, really good guy. Now he's a, a young adult. Um, push-ups we wanted to do, but at the time it was very hard for us. So we can only, we could barely bend our elbow. So we had to start on a staircase. One, two, three, four, number four step. And mm-hmm. start there to have a good technique. And now we've worked, we've worked our way down throughout the years. So it's just little things like that. And what I love about working with our people is that um it's a little different type of workout. So like our warm-up, um one of my clients is just walking around the gym two times talking. Mm -hmm. Just talking about our favorite things because talking about your favorite things in our world, it helps you with your daily life transition. So we're basically just having a good time, talking, having a conversation, and then it helps us, you know, fluidly transition to the exercise where I get it all set up and adjusted in the correct weight and uh, I give very simple instructions and he's doing his exercises and then the fun part for him that makes his day is that he gives me a surprise weight so I'm working out with him so he's like all right Gary turn around got got a surprise weight for you so I turn around I don't know what it is I close my eyes on purpose so I can get the surprise when I'm on the machine and sometimes it's the max weight load so mm-hmm. i can't i can't push it so i'm just like oh making all these expressions <laughs> and we're laughing or or it's nothing there's no weight on there so i'm like whoa almost like flying <laughs> up to the moon for sure but um so it's just yeah. uh you know that's that's the population that i work with workout with now and, and uh, train people so it's just my way of giving back of my lessons from getting injured. To wanting to be this strong guy to now wanting to help people who need a little extra uh support and uh because I'm in that world too so it feels good to give back
2: yeah I
0: want to go back a little bit to what you had said like your first experience like with silver sneakers because I think a lot of times especially growing up as athletes like we think that like it has to be like workouts have to be this really strong hard hitting like crazy thing Mm -hmm. but like exercise and like working out like that's for everybody and I I just love that you found a way to give back and kind of making it accessible and like how can how can all groups of people enjoy this not just not just the uh, like elite athletes you know how can you expand that to other people because you your experience my experience like movement has brought us so much joy how can we kind of share that with other people and there's so many ways we can adapt exercise and movement to like work with any group of people. But I think a lot of times when we think about exercise and movement, we think about what the elite athletes are doing, what we did when maybe we were in our prime as elite athletes kind of thing. So I love that. I think that's great. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned vaguely your business, but can you explain for uh, listeners that might not know exactly what uh, groups of people you're working with?
1: Okay. So it's uh, um, autistic people. Um, I just have a few clients right now because I'm kind of starting from scratch over right now from my surgery and stuff, still a little bit on the recovery mode. So Mm -hmm. um, basically it's just, um, I was getting my clients through word of mouth. Like there's groups like on Facebook where a lot of the autism Asperger's community are a part of. So that's where I was just getting like word of mouth um, people who wanted to work with me. And um, so that's how I basically would get, get my clientele that way. Um. Let's see. And then, of course, I do have a, a little website. Um. That is up. Simple Fitness Autism, and it's just I just try to keep things really simple. Like in our world, keeping things as simple as you can, keeping the the headspace uncluttered as much as you can, is just uh makes for a better day. And basically, the the most important thing for me with my clientele is just learning as much about the person as possible to build that rapport, that relationship. Like, because when you're a trainer, we get like kind of these these templates of how we want to work with our clients and stuff, and I understand all that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. But in our
1: population, it's different because um, there's not a lot of information out there in the exercise world for us. But since I am learned from this year that I'm neurodiverse, I understand that that it's a different angle I have to take. So like our consultation or whatever, it could just be me asking, getting to know the family better, getting to know the family and mm-hmm. what, are, what are our likes? What are our dislikes? What can trigger this person? What's their special interest? So we know to um, talk about those things during our session to, it helps us focus, relax, and be in the moment. And what things can they, you know, some of the same things can we do or not do or to look out for um, those sorts of things. And I still uh, do a general assessment to, to check out our range of motion to see if there's any muscle imbalances. And then we just, you know, we just take it from there. and Then I know if we can do machines or we have to perhaps do some of those t- uh, silver sneaker type of techniques where we're just using a exercise band. It's funny because... Um, I was in a network for health and fitness professionals in Denver, and uh, one of my friends in that group, uh, she created this um, this board where you attach resistance bands.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, like when you're doing an exercise with resistance bands and you, you have to put the band underneath your feet, Yeah. you don't have to worry about that. They connect to the board and they have different like slots where it gets more intense okay. with the band. So I've I've used that a lot with um the older population that I work with first and then with my autistic population because um, very cool. It's just a good it's one of the good tools that I've been able to use to get a safe effect to work out, like we said, to work out the entire body. Mm-hmm. You just sometimes have to be a little creative and have some uh some different tools. So basically in a nutshell, I have a, a pretty creative toolbox. Where I can use anything from like Play-Doh to rubber bands, to light exercise equipment. And we'll find out what works best for the person.
2: That's
0: great. I, I love what you say about, like there's templates in that industry, right? Like there's, this is how you do things. Here's a general setup. And I think a lot of industries are like that, but it's not that simple oftentimes. Um, even when you're working with people that are not like your specific clientele, we're all individuals. Everyone has different needs. Um, I think we tend to group people or we make little templates like that because it's easier. But sometimes you need things to be more specific because we're all individuals and we're all very different people. So I think that's great that you sound like you really put the time and the effort into really making it an individualized experience for your clients. Yeah,
1: I think it's a good foundation that we get those tools when we go to school because, you know, we need that foundation first. Like, Absolutely. you know, like later on, like I said earlier, I've taken workshops. I've, I know I'm certified in kettlebells. I can do TRX and I've Mm -hmm. used those with my population right now in a safe manner. Like TRX is helpful if we're just learning how to work on our squat form. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kettlebells is helpful for our balance if we're just holding one and we're just taking like a little walk and we're talking about, hey, what'd you do yesterday? What'd you have for lunch? Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. we're walking, so we're doing something. uh, To go a step further, like even with my daughter, like we would make up our own exercises like like a sled. We know what a sled is full body uh exercise. Our sled version, just so you get another version, is like I would stand in front of her, either I would face her and put my hands out, and she would push into my hands and I give her some resistance and she'll push me like outside of the park. And I've done this mm-hmm. with other clients too, or or turn around so my back is facing, so they have if they like that better for the touch sensation or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. we can so we can do a sled of different ways. So I've just learned how to do exercises throughout the years, uh different ways from the fitness world, from the occupational therapy world, and then my little mad scientist brain and just learn how to like blend them together just to um uh, find out what what works best for each person.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Gary, so much for sharing that. I think um, just being able to find maybe groups of people that are a little more in need of extra help or, and you just kind of have, you relate to them and how can I help these people and just pass that. Like movement is for everybody. It doesn't just have to be for select groups of people. It doesn't have to just be for the elite athletes of the world. Um, And just, you've kind of made a career out of acknowledging that and expanding that and just looking to help people. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us today.
1: Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on and appreciate you and and your platform to just put out all these uh, stories out there to help people.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of here's to almost know someone going through a tough time or someone who could use a little extra inspiration. Share this episode with them to spread the good that can come out of our almost. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love to hear from you. Give us a review and subscribe to never miss an episode. Whatever your almost is, I hope you're one step closer to finding that good on the other side. Have the best day.